Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Here's Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. According to Axios, where they've got an article about it, it wasn't their study, um, media, trust in media, has hit a new low. What do you suppose brought that on? <laughs> I don't know. It's they a mystery. Uh, for the first time ever, fewer than half of all Americans trust in traditional media. According to data from Edelman's annual trust barometer, which we've looked at every year for many, many years, um, it's now 56% of Americans agree with the statement that journalists and reporters are purposely trying to mislead people by saying things they know are false or gross exaggerations. That's a pretty strong statement. That's, yeah, I'd probably that, put it a little differently, but you're on my side. That's not even like a just, you know, shade it their direction. Mm-hmm. Purposely trying to mislead people by saying things they know are false or gross exaggerations. And 56% of Americans now believe that an all-time high. By the way, trust in social media has hit an all-time low also good at 27%. This is healthy. Almost 60% of Americans believe that most news organizations are more concerned with supporting an ideology or political position than with informing the public. There's where I live. Indeed. That's, that's perfect. They are so wrapped up in their ideology. Not only are they not good at reporting, but they've abandoned the effort. All they want to do is promote their ideology. Their tool is what used to be called journalism. Uh, when Edelman repolled Americans right after the election, the figures had deteriorated even further, with 57% of Democrats trusting the media, 18% of Republicans trusting the media. Well, 57% of Democrats do. Because when you're, wow. well, if you're going to use the term the media, and I assume that throws in your big TV channels and big newspapers, mm-hmm. those are all way left leaning, so it's not surprising to me that more of the people who like the news they're getting out of those trust them more. Right. Um, so where does that go? I don't know. I guess it, it, where it goes is the the continuing. You have a homework assignment anytime you take in any news to try to figure out what you just heard or read is true. Uh, Sean and I were just having a discussion about cable news. I watch less cable news than I've ever watched in my adult life, and I ne- had never thought about it, but I think I take in more minutes of podcasts every day than I do cable news at this point because yeah. and and I didn't like consciously decide this. It was. I stopped watching cable news stuff because I wasn't learning anything. I wasn't getting anything. I wasn't. I'm turning this on to yes. learn something, and I wasn't learning anything. I'm listening well, it's to more. Become, po- it's become something very different than what it was, sure. which was constantly streaming news at you. Now it's just half wits yelling at each other, or yelling at the other side. Half wits, too generous. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I'm a kind man. <laughs> Uh, and I take in more and more podcasts because I have sought out podcasts with people where I feel like I'm going to learn something. I think they're doing their best to tell me what they think is actually true. Not yeah. enough eight panels, uh, eight different panel people on podcasts, though. I need I need eight people on the thing at one time. I need a Chiron giant below says breaking news with something that happened 10 hours ago. <laughs> right? And I need these people all talking at the same time over each other. But, podcasts can't give that to But them. they must agree with each other. <laughs> Yeah, you have 10 panelists to get different perspectives, but they all agree. Yes. So I will continue to dip into that world just because I enjoy criticizing it so much. But I think if nobody's watching it or decreasing it, the the sun, that is a good decision. (laughs) 
Um, if such a vanishingly small number of people are actually dipping into it, uh, is there any point criticizing it? That's it's like I me am. getting that's... on the air and criticizing the local ballet. Who cares? That's kind of where I am, yeah. Yeah. Although I... You call that a twirl? Uh, yeah, certainly. <laughs> you know, you can't heckle them. <laughs> They'll ask you politely to leave. Um, what What would happen if you heckled the ballet and you're a big, tough guy? Because I don't picture the ballet having, like, bouncers. Big, tattooed, former biker gang guys who are just there because they look tough as hell. I, I picture, like, a bunch of 70-year-old volunteer ushers or, you know, minimum wagers. So I just sit there and say, call that dancing? Prance around on your toes like some sort of bird? You look like an idiot. <laughs> I think you're underestimating the core strength of the male uh, ballerinas? Ballerinos? I don't know. <laughs> ballerinos. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they, they would come out, and they would very beautifully toss you out. <laughs> yeah, they are they are strong as bulls. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they would lift me over their head and then spike me like a football, and I would whimper and pray for death. Where were we before you started on heckling ballerinas? I, I don't remember. Or ballerinos. <laughs> Uh, we were talking about uh, the the uh, whether it's worth criticizing yeah, I don't a great so. deal of the left wing media, but I mean, if you talk about the WAPO, New York Times, NPR, I, I think they're has, enormously influential. I still think that has some traction. I don't think cable news shows do, and I think they're about to go off a cliff from where they have been. Mm. I think it's just, cable news may die with Trump leaving. Yeah, he may have saved cable news for like another couple of cycles. That they weren't going to last through. Yeah. And it just dies. But I, I just, I'm torn though because CNN is so terrible. I hon- it, it, honestly, I don't know if I've watched a minute of CNN in five years. The brother of the governor of New York holds court every night. Yeah. I only I, see clips like yeah. on social media mocking him or something. But. Yeah. But to me, I don't know. It, it's so terrible. It's like that guy in uh, Cleveland, was it, who uh, uh, was keeping uh, women enslaved in his basement. It's just one guy, but I feel the need to speak out against it because it's so loathsome. Yeah, well, we got to talk about something, but in terms of just like being a human being, a citizen uh, that knows what's going on, James Lindsay is a mathematician, and I don't know how he went about this. He explained it. I didn't quite understand it. He's a, he's a math professor. He, he put a bunch of effort into it, and he believes mathematically that in 15 minutes you can get everything you need to know on the average day. And he had the, the sources that he goes to to do that. And everything else is just, you know, restating it or spin. Right. But the actual taking in the information of the day, um, this law passed or is being considered, this country did that, mm-hmm. this person died, right. you can do it all in 15 minutes. And I'm not surprised by that, really. Well, then it becomes a question of discussion and analysis, and you got to figure out where you're getting good yeah, DNA, and where you're getting crappy well, DNA. The vast majority of it, I think you'd agree with this. The vast majority of it is crappy. It's it's almost it's it's a negative. I mean, it's not yeah. just bad. I mean, that if I just, go eat a bad point. pizza, then you know, all right, eh, that was a disappointment. But if I eat a pizza that like causes the loss of one of my limbs, uh, it's poisoned. That's what cable news is. I think. Yeah, I forgot to mention his what whole point. Kind of pizza. <laughs> his whole point in that was that the more. You think that you're learning more by taking in more, and you're not. You're getting further from the truth, and um, that's why he put the 15-minute cap on it. Anything beyond the 15 minutes of you know, the headlines of what is actually happening, you're starting to be spun at that pro- point, probably, unless you're working really hard. 
um, getting your information from the right sources, you're probably going to come out of more information with less knowledge rather than more. Yes, whether you're confused or deluded or whatever. And social media is the same. Discussion boards are the same. I was just reading more analysis of how the whole QAnon thing is falling apart. Um, and and the some of the leaders, some of the hardcore true believers are saying, all right, this is crap. I'm out. And then the response by some of those who can't let it go. It's it's just it's a study in human nature. It's really interesting. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Sean, I'm going to entrust you to briefly and you tell me if you don't want to. Briefly explain what short selling is in the stock market. Short selling is uh, I will borrow a share of a company from somebody, sell it now for whatever its price is, under the promise that I will sell you back a share of that very same company at a future date, regardless of what the price of the stock is. Right. I am betting that the stock price will be lower than the price it is today. So you right. can bet the stocks are going to go down. Yes. So it's just kind of like wagering. Uh, yes, yeah. And, and it's, uh, I've, it took me a long time to comprehend what it was because if you read it, it's just, it's weird and counterintuitive and you, hey, how do I end up with money here? But that's a pretty good explanation. You borrow the stock and you end up with the difference between where it was and what it dropped to. And you make money that way. What happened if it goes up instead of down? You lose money? Yes, you lose money and. I've never done this. Because, for instance, a $10 stock can only go down $10. But it could go up $300. Sure. Y- you have to get a special permit for most trading outfits to sell short because you have to be able to cover an enormous bill if you bet and, badly wrong. And that's the other thing, too. If the stock gets out of control on the on the wrong side of your short, the person you borrowed the shares from can immediately demand you you make you make us whole now before you become uh, uh what's the the word unliquid and liquid or you're not right. able to, un- yeah. insolvent you're not able broke. to broke yeah yeah <laughs> man there must be uh, there must be a lot of rules to make sure people don't do this and then somehow affect the stock to make it go down ah yes there are indeed jack and that brings us to a really interesting story um, i'm going <clears> to <throat> bet that burger king stock goes down then i take a rat to burger king it's, it, oh, it's been done. Put it in a Whopper. <laughs> right. And go on TV saying, I found a rat in my Whopper, and I'm not the only one, too. Third time this week. <laughs> so many rats at Burger King. <laughs> there are no rats at Burger King. It's a fine burger establishment. But this is a story about GameStop. Oh, I was going to give the example of uh, you know somebody who sold Tesla short, because there was a huge, huge pressure. People selling it short, and Elon Musk was getting pissed mm-hmm. off. That, that comes into play in this story it, as yeah, well. It actually does. It, it starts off with GameStop. Which is, um, it's a, a video game store and, and the rest of it. And there was a big movement to sell it short. Radio Shack for video games. Mm-hmm. It was a brick and mortar store on its last breath. Uh, didn't seem to have a very bright future at all. Became a very popular short into the tune where 136% of its outstanding stocks, I don't know how this happened, were sold short. So it, it, it was just. There was like a line. If anybody unleashed any stock, give it to me so I can sell it short. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so it was like the biggest, one of the biggest bets Wall Street traders have it's made. It's like betting I'm going to die and you profit from it if it's true. A little bit like that, yeah. Um, but then Monday morning, and Sean knows a fair amount about this, but I'll give you the broad outlines. A bunch of Reddit users decided to play the market and push GameStop stock 
up nearly three times its average over the past several months. Moving up. Then they started to do it with uh, movie chain AMC and BlackBerry. And go ahead, Sean. What did they do? Uh, well, the the information on what companies are overshorted to use this. Uh, a lot of my language is going to be imprecise for the sake of, of trying to make it clear. Good. Um, uh, these overshorted stuff, this is all public information. So this Reddit thread um, decided to let's let's push these up to the point that the people who shorted this stock must then cover their own shorts. And the way that you, if you are on the wrong side of a short, the way that you hedge your, your losses is then you just buy regular shares of, of the stock, thereby pushing it up even higher. Mm. But this creates a strange staring contest because if the stock was, it, it was a good idea to short the stock based on the fundamentals at $20, it is certainly a good idea to do it again at sixty dollars, but the, but only <laughs> if the uh, if this subreddit doesn't then in, inject more money into it, short, forcing it even higher and higher. Right. So it's a perpetual motion machine of doom for short sellers, and they uh, they made GameStop stock jump more than eight hundred and twenty two percent. It went from seventeen a quarter. At the beginning of the year, to a high of one hundred and fifty-nine dollars on Monday. Do we have any idea how many people were involved in this unholy scheme? Um, Is it hundreds or thousands? It's or dozens? thousands, thousands. Yeah, thousands? I thought I saw a number. Uh, so it's a but, way for a thousand, some thousands of people to get together and manipulate the market in a way. I just saw a little bit on CNBC where they said we don't have regulatory power to deal with this. Right now. Well, so there's, there's other factors at work here too. So a lot of your, your new retail investors are using free to trade apps like Robinhood. And the way that Robinhood makes their money is by selling order flow to other firms. So these thousands of people, uh, oh, and then these firms have the opportunity if they want to kind of cut in line in front of the Robinhood order flows and get their orders in uh, ahead of them. Mm-hmm. So, so these thousands, maybe ten thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people putting their orders through on Robinhood, these other big funds see the momentum happening, jump in line, acting as a force multiplier, getting in, and then mm. so creating more right. more transactions of the stock making. GameStop more- is hot. Buy, yeah. buy. Yes. Right. Does exactly. any, does By any the way, th- just a clarification, there are 2.2 million members of the Wall Street Bets Reddit community. Wow. It is not clear at all and no way to know how many joined yes. in on this. Sure. That, that's yeah. why I'm guessing it's probably in the thousands, but but yeah, the, the community in and of itself is gigantic. Yeah. Um, so is any of the electronic trading play a, a role in it? Like the, the algorithms for the computers see something going up and. Well, that, oh, yeah. that's kind of the order flow line cutting okay. that I was describing with the Robin gotcha. Hood business model. Yeah. So I think the long and short, and Sean, you characterized it uh, pretty well off the air when we were chatting about it. I this. only buy gold because William Devane told me to. It's gold. very simple. I buy gold and I bury it in my yard. Actually, gold went way up last year. So, way so up. The, the, uh, Melvin Capital, the company that was initially the very vocal short sellers of this, this morning they have, or as of yesterday, they they got out of it completely, ate a gigantic loss. Don't know if this hedge fund will continue to exist after this. They received billions of dollars of an influx of money of from other hedge funders trying to. I guess they felt bad for them, so they were trying to keep them solvent. The stock kept going up, so that money was gone in a matter of hours. Wow. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So, a, a, I, I don't remember which description I gave to you, Joe, that that you like, but there is. Well, go ahead. A, a, a group of bored subredditors. Kind of just got in a staring contest with hedge funds, and uh, and they made it clear that the regulators and heavyweights of the industry have no idea how to deal with the internet. 
Meanwhile, Elon Musk, who is a uh, an amazing guy in a lot of ways, but and he's the also the world's richest man. He's also a great prankster. He's realized recently how much he can drive people to various companies' stocks. Tweeted about how much he enjoyed buying something for his dog off Etsy, and the stock jumped. Now he's tweeted uh-huh. about GameStop, and that stock jumped even further. Yeah, GameStop is up another 111% as of right now, today. Just today? Just I, today. I love this on CNET. Should I try to get in on the frenzy? It's always smart to consult a financial professional before making investments. Thank you for that help. The real reason I believe that Elon tweeted out the GameStop stock, just the Wall Street subreddit, is because Melvin Capital, the one who shorted this, was one of the biggest and most vocal short sellers of oh, Tesla back so, in the day. Yeah. You sticking it to me? How funny. How interesting. Yeah. Revenge. Best served cold. So, in another response, and uh, there's, there's plenty Maybe of ways to wrap this up. Uh, the subreddit, in response to um, Melvin Capital receiving billions more and then continuing to try to short it, filed a complaint with the SEC against Melvin Capital against abusive naked short selling. Uh, so, I mean, th- this is going layers upon layers of of, uh, of interest. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I, like I said, I saw the serious heavyweight people on CNBC talking in serious tones about how there's no regulatory way to handle this right now, and these things move very slow. Final note, very briefly, my favorite note. Remember, they did the same with the BlackBerry stock. BlackBerry executives told MarketWatch, uh, we're not aware of any of this. We don't know what's going on. Our stock's skyrocketing. Uh, shut up. A uh, new phone. Wrong number. Click. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. And Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Ladies and gentlemen, this is exciting. Why is Jack in a tuxedo? You're asking. <laughs> because it's time for a Gabby Award. Oh, Gavin Newsom Award for Government Hypocrisy in the Time of COVID. Live from the Armstrong and Getty Theater in downtown Los Angeles. It's the Gabby's. I can't believe I have to put on a tux every time we do this. When did you get fitted for that thing, man? Those buttons are straining. <laughs> You're rocking the cummerbund. I'm a vest guy. <laughs> Given a choice, I'm vesting it. Yeah. Mm. Although the cummerbund is uh, it's a, it's a good control garment Bo- for the uh, both are male. both are. I can That's understand true. the vest. Every time I have one on, I think I look pretty good in this. This is slimming. <laughs> the, the, the silly tuxedo vests that don't have the back, they're like chaps, but for a vest. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, as a man who may or may not uh, have movage, yeah, I, uh, I do appreciate the vest now that you mention it. Yeah. I actually was thinking, because I've been thinking about going with a new look. Yes? A simple look. I want something huh. that I wear every day. I get you. That's basically what I want to do. Is I, wanna I get you. I'm every day. Like our friend Tom Sullivan, who wore... A blue pinstripe suit every dang day yes. to work. And I always thought that would be a lot easier. And you look good. I think in vest just for the whole movie situation. Holds them in. What sort of vest? Like a leather one? No, no, no. no like no, a, a vest. Denim. A vest. Chat? <laughs> yes, denim. Knowing <laughs> <laughs> you. Yes. No, the Tennessee tuxedo. Kind of like the vest no that goes with a suit, but not wear the suit jacket. Interesting. Huh. So I got four or five white shirts and a vest. Some dress it's kind of an Art Garfunkelish look. <laughs> Where were we? Ah, oh, the, the Gabby's! Gabby's! Live! <laughs> From the Armstrong and Getty Theater! And the rest of the crap I said, it's the Gabby Awards! 
The news of the world for a government hypocrisy during time All right. Nominee number one. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we give you Sarah Chambers of the repugnant, morally indefensible Chicago Teachers Union, who's been claiming all along that it's unsafe to return to school and everyone must stay home. And remember, this is the union that posted that the desire to get kids back in school is racist. Which is one of the most bizarre statements ever made by a homo sapien. Well, in spite of all her hardcore shutdown talk, she enjoyed a luxury vacation in... Old San Juan, Puerto Rico! She urged teachers to refuse to return to the classroom while on the same day, on Instagram, she posted pool pictures and talked of getting seafood in San Juan, Puerto Rico. She's vacationing with friends and family... In the Caribbean. Interesting. I love the fact that she posted pics. She said, look, we've almost got the pool to ourselves. Yes. Yeah, that's because nobody else is traveling because of the whole COVID thing. <laughs> Meanwhile, you are fighting hard to make sure kids can't learn. You're using children as a lever to extort more money from the government of Chicago. You're using the children and their education and their hearts and their souls as a weapon. You are a horrible person, and I hate you. Uh, We're all human. We all fall short sometimes. Ah, the namesake of the award right there, the great Gavin Mussolini. But wait, Jack, there's another nominee. Do we get more music when I say that? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Another nominee. The finance minister for Canada's most populous province, Ontario, Mr. Rod Phillips, resigned Thursday after going on a Caribbean vacation during the pandemic, having joined with the government, urging everyone to stay home no matter the cost. Don't even commune with your beloved family. But this guy went on a Caribbean vacation. Well, that sounds like the Chicago Teachers Union lady. Wait a minute. There's a twist. This guy posted on social media accounts himself wearing a sweater in front of a fireplace (laughs) while he was in the Caribbean. I know. That story is awesome. On the highfalutin vacation island of St. Bart's. Despite the government guidelines urging people to avoid non-essential travel, this guy's in the Caribbean. What, did he buy a sweater at a second-hand store? Ain't nobody got a sweater in St. Bart's. So he evidently brought a sweater and found a fireplace so he could post essential media or social media. Oh, it's good nobody's going out and everybody is following the guidelines. It's very, very important. Oh, stay at home. It, all it's, right, then. It, it's it's just unbelievable, and it's happened so often uh, all across the country at all kinds of different levels. It's just it's one of those power corrupts things, human nature things. Clearly, rules for thee, not for me. I'm smart enough to understand what I can and can't do. You're not. So I'm going to go on a fabulous vacation. You're going to stay home. You've been home for nine months. You're going crazy. Yeah, everybody can't stand each other anymore. You you you, you know somebody's committed suicide because they're so freaking miserable. I'm going to go on vacation now. That uh, you're such an awful human being. Oh yeah, you lying creep. Yep, you're such an awful human being. So some we got another person that made a Gabby Award on a 3D printer. This is a good oh, one too. Oh, that that makes two. 
This is a good one, too. And it also says at the base of the little statuette here, we're all humans. We all fall short sometimes. Yes. But this is a, a Gavin Newsom with, like, a, a cape and a scepter and a crown. Oh. Kind of with the king look to it. It's you, another that's trophy. Good. Your both... listeners with 3D printers, how much uh, material does it cost to print something like that. I would be interested. Yeah, what did this cost? This cost you 20 bucks or 2 yeah. bucks or 200 bucks? God, it'd be either. funny to, to invent and, and craft uh, whimsical trophies. I think I'm oh, going to get yeah, a 3D that, that printer would be my this year. Hobby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I'm going to get one. It seems like uh, I'm a wizard once I get one. Oh, yeah. but, There's nothing stopping me. By the way, back to this Canadian guy who uh, you know put on the sweater and pretended he was in front of a fire while he's at St. Bart's and telling you to stay home. He, when he got caught, he went with the Gavin Newsom sort of... Uh, I apologize. That was a real mistake on my part. That was just a mistake. I once again offer my unreserved apology. I'm sorry, a reserved apology? Oh, unreserved. Oh. Nice. Yeah. Well, we need to pick a winner. Uh, It's it's so freaking maddening. I'm reminded of uh, what Tom McClintock said when the original uh, Gavi uh, was created, when Gavin Newsom was dining at $1,200 a plate with his lobbyist buddies. And we, uh, you know, we had an early dinner, but... <laughs> uh, Tom McClintock, the congressman from Northern California, said, I'm glad to hear he's ignoring his own idiotic restrictions. Yeah. Good. He's exercising judgment how to keep himself and his loved ones safe. Or or risking, you know, not being as safe to accomplish something. Speaking of Canada, the government in Canada is encouraging people to call a special government hotline if you suspect there are more than six people in somebody's home. Yeah. And people are doing that all across the country, Soviet Union style. More than six. I swear I saw a seventh person go in that front door. Did you see the video of the authorities going into that one home? Oh, it turned into a shoving match and everything like that. I think it was in Ontario, actually. Just amazing. And the neighbors had called. But way to train society to tell on your neighbors for doing something that's you know, you know the public officials are doing this. Oh, absolutely. You know, the, 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 the police and the mayor and whoever else that are involved in this, they probably had more than six people at their home over Christmas or Thanksgiving, but right. not you. Well, and I know a solid dozen guys who I play golf with occasionally who've had the vid. They get together for a poker game. You're going to call the cops on them and they're going to come bust it because it violates the state guidelines. What the hell kind of society is that? Anyway, we need to pick a winner, Jack. This is unprecedented. Let me open the envelope. We have a tie. I mean, you've got the the just utterly egregious phoniness of the Canadian finance minister faking up the pictures in front of the fireplace. But then the Chicago Teachers Union gal, who's so horrifically cold to the needs of the poor little children in Chicago, you can't pick a winner. They're both Gabby winners. Despicable behavior. They both should have to resign immediately. The Canadian guy did. The Canucker did, yeah. yeah. It's not clear whether the Chicago Teachers Union leader has left her leadership post or is simply taking a brief break. It's not clear to me whether she uh, apologized uh, reservedly or unreservedly. Oh, she deeply regrets her actions. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry, I was so hard. Shallowly regrets? No, deeply, Sean. Armstrong 
Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Tower, American 1997. We just passed a guy in a jetpack. American 1997, okay. Thank you. Were they up to your left side or right side? Off the left side, uh, maybe uh, 300, uh, 300 yards or so. Our altitude. And the world, that jet was flying. The world shook in horror at that news. A jetpack had been seen right up next to a flying airline. Some lunatic was flying around LAX, possibly a in, hero, we don't know. Inter or a superhero. He was <laughs> flying around intermingling with uh, passenger airliners. Dangerous for everyone. I want you to picture a guy in camo. Camouflage uh, jumpsuit, top to bottom. And they never found the guy, right? They no, never, they never no figured indeed. out who it was. And there were some repeated sightings too on some radio shows that it, you know. How do you know it wasn't the Chinese or the Russians or terrorists or whoever? Right. I want you to picture a guy in a camo suit, gloves, helmet, face shield, etc. Hard to see because of the camo, but I'm trying. <laughs> Holding the jet jet to, the controllers for a jetpack, and then like weird wing-like things sprouting from his eye. I want you to picture that. I think I would poo myself if I actually ever like pressed the buttons on a jetpack and shot up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> well, picture that being not a guy with a jetpack but a drone designed to look exactly like a guy with a jetpack. That's what they're thinking it is. It's a drone. The uh, They came across a video of this remote-controlled jetpack guy. Uh, it's a drone you can buy, apparently, um, that looks like a dude, but it's not. It's just a drone. Well, th- and, and they shouldn't be flying it around You know the flight paths of, of jets coming in and out of LAX, obviously. You can buy that? Yeah. Yeah. Did you see, well, see the, the picture of yeah, it? I did, but yeah. I didn't know it was something you could buy. Well, then how did it take so long to figure out this mystery? I don't know. Hey, I saw that people. on Amazon the other day. Looked just like that. Oh, you did? Okay. Never mind. I'm surprised, you know, like any time in the first several years after 9-11, this would have been an earth-shattering story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. You know, we'll have the link to the article because the, there are a lot of visuals and it goes in and out of security practices for the FBA, FAA and the FBI and, um, et cetera. It's not clear when the video was shot. Its provenance is unconfirmed, but if it's legit, that's what happened. We were at the park so. the other day, um, skateboarding, riding bike, stuff like that. And there were a couple of older dudes that they were like mid thirties, maybe forties. Um, that had the most sensational drone I've ever seen. Mm. It was one of those expensive ones. Like, they have one at Best Buy right now. It's almost $2,000. It was incredible, this drone. It was pretty dang big. Wow. And what it could do, and they were watching a screen. I assume they had great camera quality flying over, you know. Oh, yeah, the the camera quality is amazing. I'm surprised nothing um, bad has come out of a drone story yet, that nobody's used it in such a way that it got a whole bunch of attention you know, a bomb, a break-in, a I've, something. I've seen it used for... Somebody was using it to drop stuff into prison yards. Yeah. It was one oh, of the yeah. first things I saw. <laughs> yeah, cell phones into prison yards. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's no good. But I, I I feel like the drone thing... I talk, I talk to my kids about this, that the drone thing is not caught on the way I thought it would. I would have thought when the technology first hit, this was going to change everything and explode and this and that, but it seems like there's a lot of... You get it, you fly it a couple of times, and that was cool, and that's kind of it. Take some super cool video footage of your neighborhood. 
Yeah, yeah. It's become really useful in real estate. I know. I was talking to sure. a real estate buddy of mine the other day about this, and actually a filmmaker friend of mine who who does occasionally drone stuff for hire. I get that, but just in for the general person having a drone, it seems to me, just from observation of people I know who have them, you get it, it's cool, you do it a couple of times, and that's about it. The, yeah. the pricing for consumer-level stuff, like what you can realistically buy for not too much money, can't do all that much other than be a, a helicopter shot. Well, what are you going to do anyway, other than spy on your hot neighbor or drop a grenade into the backyard of your enemy? But but even those, like the, the, the weight capacity of these things, like you can't really send it up with like water balloons and try to drop it. Like they That'd just aren't awesome. built for that yet. Um, right, yet. right, unless you spend... Two gur, yeah, and then what are you doing spending two grand on throwing water balloons at me? <laughs> and if you are doing that, my DMs are open. Let me know where you're doing it. <laughs> yeah, show us the footage. Um, we've had a number of drones. Oh, and- well, you get some idiot would drop it from five thousand feet and kill somebody. <laughs> it's amazing how cheap some of these are. I mean, they're really cheap. And they fly. And I, I would have been just amazed as a kid to have been able to have this sort of a toy. But um, we've had a couple for the kids, and they're they're kind of cool for a while. And they they had they had uh, they each got one that they were super fast drones. And Sam took us out in the yard. You set it down. You hit the switch, and it just pew! It was gone. Mm. I don't even know where it went. Okay, let's be more careful. Never with to be seen again. Never to be seen again. Let's be more careful with Henry's. We'll set it down, hit the lever, and it was gone. Those two each yeah. lasted a total of six seconds. Wow! Between the two of them, and wow. never saw them again. That's awesome. That's terrible. Oh, that was money down the drain. <laughs> so on to something important. Um, a lot of talk yesterday about unity. I believe that was the theme of the uh, uh, inauguration yesterday. That's what I'm told. American unity or something, um, which is all very very exciting. And uh, Jonah Goldberg, who we're uh, fans of around here, uh, wrote and talked about how that's a little misleading uh, and not really the answer to our problems. This is a little long, but I th- I thought it was pretty interesting. And so much of the reason why our politics are so crappy, so much of the reason why the Supreme Court nomination fights are so crappy is because government from both the left and the right seeks to impose a level of unity across the country, a level of buy-in to public policies that we should actually have vigorous debates and disagreement about in this country. And um, look, again, I said at the top, I think the speech worked. But if you read it as like an actual document of American history and philosophy treated as serious rhetoric, there is a serious tension between the two claims that he's making. And you can take white supremacy. I take a backseat to no one in being against white supremacy if you define it the way I do. You know, but if you define it the way every third guest on MSNBC defines white supremacy, <laughs> we're going to have to have a friggin' argument about it. And that's what democracy is about. It's about arguments. It's about disagreement, not about forced conformity and unity. And the more you seek that kind of forced conformity and unity, the more you make people think our politics are zero sum, that we must get power and have our way because the other side doesn't want to listen to our objections and they want to give abortifacients to nuns or whatever it is. And I think that that approach, which may not be in Joe Biden's head, but is definitely in the speechwriter's head and surely in large swaths of the rank and file of the Democratic Party will make things worse if they actually act on it. It's pretty interesting. I think that's a great point. Absolutely fabulous point. I'm reminded that the, uh, the, I believe it's the second person in power in each party in Congress is called the whip. 
And they're called that for good reason. It's not an acronym. The idea is they whip their members into agreeing with the leadership and voting the way they're supposed to. There was so little unity among the founding fathers. Right. Several Constant of, argument. Several of our most famous founding fathers, and their faces are on money and statues and mountains and that sort of stuff, thought the other founding father that might be next to him in that particular painting was a completely crazy and selling out the revolution. Mm-hmm. And he also made some points during World War II where we had such unity because wars and pandemics and things kind of forced people into those situations. But that is that is used to justify terrible things like the Japanese internment camps and the, mm-hmm. the refusal to to, to uh, allow uh, Jewish refugees to come in during during the war. That we had unity, but we did awful things with it. It is right. not this thing that is just in and of itself uh, virtuous. Yeah, that's an interesting point. It's like everything. In our republic and in life, it's multi-layered. Do we need unity in terms of reverence for the Constitution? Yes. Do we need unity in terms of recognizing, look, we're all Americans. We're going to disagree. Sometimes we're going to disagree vehemently. But we can't be hating each other. Yeah, I think we absolutely need that sort of unity. But uh, I, And his example was of the extremely timely one about white supremacy. No, we don't we don't need unity on those questions because people are using that unity to perpetrate terrible, terrible things. Well, but the banking system is not white supremacy, but that's the way it's defined by a certain crowd. That's right. For instance, yeah, if it's an institution of a racist country, it's racist. Um, uh, and you are a white supremacist if you believe in, say, rent. Armstrong and Getty.